Welcome to Christ Church Pops, a podcast of Christ Church Parish in Pensacola, Florida. Here we'll be sharing the preaching of the parish, both recent and from the past, as well as conversations with the people of the parish. So let's go. I remember it like it was yesterday. It was my first time in the pulpit at Christ Church in Pensacola. My family and I had just moved a couple days before. We were staying in a rental house. I didn't know anybody. I didn't know where my office was. I had to use Google Maps to find the church. I didn't know where anything was. I sat with my family in the pews, and then I stood up and began to preach. I was so nervous, but also excited. So when we decided to do this podcast and decided that we were going to use sermons, and some of them would be recent and some of them would be from the past, it makes sense that the first one would be from my first sermon. So join me in going back down memory lane. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Please be seated. So I feel I should start with this. Uh, My name is Michael Hoffman, and I'm the new rector here. Um, (laughs) Now, you're probably curious why I'm not wearing my vestments and serving at the front. Um, And the real reason is I have no idea how to do all that yet, and I'll learn that over the next couple weeks. But also, it's been my tradition at new congregations to sit in the pew my first Sunday and then my last Sunday uh, to see things from the perspective of the parishioners, to be a part of the congregation as it comes forward for communion, and at the later service to remind myself how hard it is to have small children um, sit with you at church. You're probably curious about a lot of things about me. In fact, I know you're curious. See, my previous congregation, we had this diagnostic tool that let us see how many people checked out our website every day. And it normally rolls around with a very, you know, consistent pattern until the Tuesday that they announced who the new rector was at Christ Church. And all of a sudden, it went crazy. (laughs) So I've been thinking, if you're curious about me as the rector, what should I tell you? What should I tell you that would tell you something about me, that would let you know what kind of priest or person that I am? I could stand up here, and I could tell you all my many good qualities. I could tell you about my humor and my integrity. Oh, you would be so impressed with me. Or I could tell you about my many accomplishments, and I have so many accomplishments. By the way, if you don't know, I'm being sarcastic. But I don't want to do that. Instead, I want to tell you something more fundamental to who I am. And to do that, I need to tell you a story. So, a couple days ago, last Wednesday, we were finishing up packing to move here to Pensacola. And the moving company was great, and they had packed up all our stuff. It took two days, because we have a lot of stuff, to pack it all up, and Wednesday was moving day. And my wife and I had been kind of organizing things. Actually, my wife had been organizing things and telling me what to do. But on the last day, she was going to leave early so that she could go to Monroe and see her grandmother. And she looked at me and she said, can I trust you to finish things up at the house? And that was her mistake right there, is to think that could happen. So I said, yes, dear, I will take care of everything. 
Well, the day comes and it's very hectic. I mean, we're loading up boxes and we're finishing up rooms and people from my previous congregation were stopping by to say a last goodbye. And I was getting a lot of phone calls from people here in Pensacola and there was all sorts of things going on at the same time. And, and, then, and then all of a sudden it was time to leave. And so we loaded everything up into the truck and I checked every room and I felt so good about it. And I got in my truck and I'm like, my wife is going to be so proud of me. And I drove to Monroe and we stayed in the hotel and they were already asleep by the time I got there, my children and my wife. And so I sneak in and I go to sleep and as I lay my head on the pillow, I remembered the attic. And I had forgotten everything that's in the attic. I forgot all of my children's baby stuff and our Christmas decorations and all the stuff that you put in the attic that you wanted to keep. See, and it's not the moving company's fault. It's absolutely my fault. I should have thought, oh, the attic, and I forgot. So that next morning, my wife wakes up, and I look at her, and I say, babe, um, I have something to admit to. And she said, what did you do? <laughs> and I said, I forgot everything in the attic. And I had to, as I've had to many times in my marriage, repent and apologize for something I had done wrong. I don't know what kind of rector you thought you were getting. Some sort of cross between Jesus and Mary Poppins, maybe. <laughs> but that's not me. I can be a mess sometimes. I'm a broken man. I have my doubts. I have my anxieties and my fears. And I'm not the man that God wants me to be yet. I'm not the husband or the father that God wants me to be yet. And I'm certainly not the priest that God wants me to be yet. I've been doing this for 11 years, and I'm still not there. I'm a man who is in constant need of redemption. So what do we mean when we say the word redemption? It sounds like such a churchy word. Well, let's look at the New Testament, I mean, the gospel passage we have today. There was this man named John the Baptist, and he was something like Jesus' second cousin once removed, or y'all can explain how all that relations works. But God had called him to prepare the way of the coming of the Messiah, the Son of God. He was the one who was to set the stage for Jesus' message and his life. He's kind of like the comedian that comes out before the famous comedian to get the people laughing. I mean, Jerry Seinfeld never walked out to a cold crowd. There was somebody that would come and prepare the people for the comedy that was to come. And so John the Baptist is there, and he's trying to prepare them for what Jesus is going to say and do. And so the thing that he does to prepare people for Jesus is he asks them to repent. And the word repent, it sounds like a churchy word, but it's actually a physical word in Greek. And the word means to turn from one thing to another thing. And so the best example I can think of is like if you're going to your car in the morning to leave for work and you realize you forget, forgot your keys, you would repent and you would turn back and you would go get your keys. So the idea of repentance is to turn from one thing and to another. 
And so in, for John the Baptist, you're returning from this world and all of the mess that's here, and you're turning to God. You repent and turn, orient yourself now from this other thing, and you orient yourself to God. And the reason that John the Baptist wanted to do this to prepare people for Jesus is that he was afraid they would miss what God was going to do through his son. If they were looking at this world and not turn to God, they would miss Bethlehem. They would miss Jesus' words. They would miss his healings. They would miss the cross, and they would miss the empty tomb. So he's asking the people, he's pleading with the people to turn to God, to repent, to turn away from whatever it is you're doing and turn yourself instead to God. Now we may think that John the Baptist was doing this to a big group of, you know, sinners, horrid people. You know, whoever it is that you don't like. You know, like, like those Methodists. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Methodists are like our kissing cousins, so we can make fun of Methodists and they can make fun of us. But whoever it is that you think is, you know, those, those, those people. No, he was talking to a good group of religious people. He was talking to a room full of people like this. And he was shouting at them and pleading with them to repent. Because we all need to repent. And the purpose behind repentance is not because you're a horrid person and you should be, feel guilty and ashamed of yourself. In fact, shame is not something of God. So if you ever feel ashamed, that is something of the devil, not of God. It's not because you're a horrid people or a horrid person. You should repent because God wants something more for you. And God has amazing things in store for you in your life if you will turn to him. One of my favorite passages is John 10.10 where it says, The thief comes to steal from you in the night. But I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly. God wants you to have an abundant life, a life that's full of purpose, a life that's worth living. God wants you to be a part of his kingdom. He wants you to have all the grace and all the mercy and all the love that comes from following his son, Jesus Christ. God wants you to follow him and to be more like Jesus so that you can share his love in the world. God wants you to have all of that. So when he asks you to repent, it's not because you're a horrid person, but because he wants something more for you. So did you come here today to repent? Was your act of getting in your car to come to church this morning in this beautiful setting an act of repentance? Did you come here to change? Because everything that we do on Sunday morning, all of it is meant to form us into the image of Jesus Christ. The repetity of the prayers the reading of the scriptures, the music, hopefully a good sermon, and especially the sacraments are supposed to form us, mold us, transform us more and more into the image of God found in his son. It's to change us. Now you may already be exactly like Jesus. Actually, you're not. Um, the Bible makes that abundantly clear. And if you think you are, 
uh, call me sometime, and we can have a meeting in my office, and I can explain to you uh, why you're not. (laughs) But we're all in need of redemption. We're not there yet. We are not fully what God wants us to be. We don't love God with all of our heart. We don't love our neighbor as ourselves. That's the hardest one for me, not because I don't love my neighbor, but because I love me a lot. We're not quite there, and so we're always in the pattern of needing to return and change our orientation and to repent and to change. Every time I come up for communion, I have the same prayer that I say to God. I ask God that through taking in the body and blood of Jesus Christ, that I would be changed more into his image. That by putting Jesus inside of me, I would be more like him. So on this second Sunday of Advent, on this my first opportunity to preach to you, I call you to repent. to turn to God, to receive all the blessings and the grace he has for you. And we're going to do that together. Because I'm certainly not yet what God wants me to be. Amen. Thank you for listening to Christ Church Pops. Take a moment to subscribe to the podcast, hit like, and share with your friends. And please join us for worship in person or on YouTube or Facebook. And you can learn more about Christ Church at christ-church.net. This podcast is by Father Michael Hoffman and Reverend Katie Gillette and edited by Jake Wolstatter. Christ Church exists to show everyone God loves them unconditionally. So remember God loves you and have a blessed day.